Hello, hello, one and all. Welcome to the latest episode of Pod Position, which is a podcast that we do that is quite good sometimes, if we get lucky. Uh, I'm Jim Sterling. I am joined by Laura. Hello. Hello. I am suffering with post-convention flu, so today I am eating ice cream because that's all my throat wants to have inside of it. That is a good. That is, that is actually the only way to cure any illness. Yeah, just shovel um, ice cream down your face until it's okay. Most medical science is a crock. Uh, ice cream fixes literally any disease, illness, sickness, and injury. Uh, I'm also joined by Gavin. Hello. 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 Okay. Well, that's lovely. Uh, we're all together. Um, and I'm, I'm in the same time space dimension as you guys this week, which is awesome. I'm not, like, lagging four seconds behind. <laughs> no one would know last week, though, because I spent, like, three hours doing a beautiful editing job last week. <laughs> well, somebody was complaining to me on Twitter that uh, I sounded really slow and that I didn't have a clue what you guys were talking about and that I kept yes. starting <laughs> but, to talk and then stopping. And I was Ga- like, that's because I didn't know. Gavin, that's not down to the edit, that's you. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Bang bang! Um, but yes, yes, there, there, there was that issue last week. Now I'm a bit worried because so far we are all synced up. Gavin's on uh, in time with us. Yeah. Um, audio quality on everyone I'm hearing so far is pretty decent, uh, which Don't makes jinx me. It. Well, that's what I'm worried about. Like, like, is a Bengal tiger just going to burst through my window now? To be fair, Jim, we have already had one technical issue today, which is that you time travelled by an hour and left us behind. So it's like, oh, normal recording time, normal recording time. Oh, wait, where the fuck is Jim? That is true. I um, Let's see, I was uh, an hour ahead, so I, I was, like, an hour ago, I was ready to record. Uh, and then, then wondered where everyone was. Uh, but even then, that turned out well, because that allowed me to finish writing up the Battlefield Hardline review, uh, which I just put up on the Jimquisition.com. So, so that worked out well. So again, I'm worried. Like, like I think what's going to happen is, is halfway through the recording, an airplane's going to fly overhead, and then their big block of frozen piss is going to come out of it and hit me in the ceiling like they do in sitcoms. <laughs> oh goodness! Do we want to talk at all about Battlefield Hardline? Uh, no. Um, like it's 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 a it's a tough one because it's it's. It's not bad. Like, it's not great, but I, I thought it was pretty well put together. It's, um, it's a game that's not badly put together, but it has weird little things about its design that just were distracting to me. Things like, oh, instead, of, like, when it comes to arresting people, I will put handcuffs on you and then just walk away and leave you. I'm not going to, like, put you in the SWAT car or anything. I'm just going to assume that when I come back with the SWAT car later, you'll all still be stood there politely where I left you with your handcuffs on. Don't they, like, instantly fall asleep as well? I've been hearing on Twitter that they little, instantly oh, fall God, asleep. Yeah, they do take <laughs> little Zed marks. Yeah, yeah, just... It's yeah. like the cops are just, like, you know, carrying sleeping pills around and they inject them straight into their butts. Yeah, it's like when you tranquilize someone in Metal Gear Solid. Like, they fall <laughs> over, the symbols appear. Um, I, I do wonder if maybe the main character thinks he's Spider-Man. Uh, because Spider-Man does that, you know, he'll web them up and leave them for the cops. Mm-hmm. And he just, just puts the cuffs on their hands and, like, they're not getting away. Now I've got to go stop the Green Goblin. Uh, well, at so least, at least it's not what issue. Batman does, which is just, like, break one leg and then leave them for the cops. That is true. Well, no, usually um, he breaks their neck and then leaves them face down in a thing of water and doesn't kill them. <laughs> yes. Um, that's, that's what should have happened in this game. Another thing that confuses me uh, when we're talking about arresting is... 
you make noise and attract attention if you just like smack someone in the back of the head. But if you shout, hey, freeze! And the other guy's like, whoa, don't shoot me, man. What are you going to do? What is up with this mixed up crazy thing? It doesn't alert anybody. And if, he, if he's a minority, can you taser him? Uh, you can taser anyone, actually. Uh-huh. It, it is an equal opportunity tasering. Uh, that, that's one thing they've they've struggled so hard to avoid. They're, they're not going for the realism angle, so... <laughs> well, that's it. They've struggled hard to avoid any of that. Like, any of it. Like, they've gone so hard trying to push the whole, hey, we're a tribute to sh- cop shows like Miami Vice and stuff, yeah. to, to avoid that. And, and to be fair, I personally feel they've done all right at it. They've actually done okay at, at sidestepping any sort of comparison i personally disagreed i i i I think it came across as like weirdly tone deaf and the fact that it was seemingly set in a modern day setting that did not in any way encourage like it in no way acknowledged the climate within which it was released that felt really weird to me playing it wasn't a big problem but it was something that i was very aware of i was like Mm -hmm. this game feels like it has no clue what's going on around it Uh, see, I, the, the pickup I got was was that it was intensely aware of what was going on around it and thus, like, was terrified to go near it, um, which I feel harmed it in its own particular way, in that this is a game that still tried to have its serious face on and be gritty and do the usual battlefield, oh, this is a serious thing that is happening and we are really invested while also then blending it with big car chases and helicopter and tank, like a, a you know tank battle out of nowhere sequence. How is the um, how is the campaign actually? Is it better than the previous ones? I liked it way better than um, any other Battlefield campaign that I've played. I'll say that much. I um, I would agree with you, Jim. That doesn't mean I thought it was great. Oh no, it wasn't great. It, it absolutely was, wasn't. It was very. It was very much like a decent, passable campaign. Yeah, like it didn't know what it wanted to. Well, I, I say it knew what it wanted to be and couldn't be it, and so tried to be something else. And so it's very. It doesn't let itself off the leash. The first half is dreadful. Like it's just so, so boring as it meanders from trope to trope. Uh, like the people who you know are going to betray you betray you. The guy who you know is going to do a shady thing does a shady thing. Is there a bit where um, you're in a chopper and it gets hit by an RPG and you swirl around in a circle and the chopper crashes and then the screen goes dark and everything's blurry and your hand is up in the air? Uh, no. And someone picks you up? Wow. No, no, this is That's different That's like the first now. Like, shooter ever to not do that. Yeah, well, they've moved away from military now. Yeah. So now it's, you know, dirty uh. cops doing dirty cop things. Um... <laughs> So, so it's a whole different set of, of dead horses that they're beating this time. Um, so yeah, the second half, though, is all right. Once, once they drop a lot of the, the more police stuff and just start being this sort of over-the-top kind of um, thing, like it, it, it's, it's a lot more entertaining, and I just wish that the whole campaign had been that way. It, it is much better once it sort of picks a theme and sticks with it, I think. It's like, okay, this is what we're yeah. going to be. Let's stick with that. Now it's okay. I would just really like, though, no matter how good the game was, to see the guys, the talent behind it, get to go and make their own IP now because those guys are so talented. They're the guys who made Dead Space, aren't they? And yes. yes. It just feels like a waste to have them doing someone else's IP to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. For such like amazingly creative minds. I mean, they invented the plasma cutter, you know? Oh, shit, there's oh, a FedEx. My microphone's falling over here. Ah. 
I know what. They're I know all what you see now. All the disasters are happening at once. You jinxed it. Yeah. Uh, I know, it's all gone wrong. Like Now all I can do is think about getting the game that's going to be left on my doorstep. Well, go get your game then, Jim. Go get your game. Laura's going to find a chip it. on the floor now and get distracted, and yeah. my oh, mic's going to oh, fall oh. over, and you're going to start getting comments on your Battlefield review. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Well, while, while you go deal with that, Jim, and all the things you've got to deal with, I got a virtual reality headset last night. What is going on? <laughs> Have you got a cold, Laura? Yeah, I I have whatever the illness I've had that's going round after rest has left me with a very my throat feels very closed up. It's not fun. Mm. You sound it's a bit left raspy. Me with a very it kind of voice. kind of sounds awesome. Kind of sounds a bit yeah. like Tina Tina Turner circa eighties. If I could turn back time. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, I love Tina her voice Turner so much. <laughs> I love her voice so That's much. That's Bonnie Tyler. I think I got the wrong voice there. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Well, Bonnie, Bonnie Tyler, another awesome raspy voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. So, video games. <laughs> video games. No, it's all right. I'll sit here and I'll just sing Tracy Chapman songs for a bit. You got a fast car. I want to take it to anywhere. Maybe we can make a deal. Should I just do that for a bit? Best podquisition ever. I saw someone tweeting the other day about that song and it was how much they hated when people play it at parties. <laughs> oh, it's such a good song. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that like at parties there's certain songs that some wanker will always play and ruin the party? Like Creep by Radiohead is one of is is like the ultimate one. <laughs> Every time someone That's the ultimate party anthem, Gavin. No, it's the ultimate party killer. It should be banned. No, that get that always gets me throwing shapes in the church of dance. What's the other one? Miss Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. That's the other one. I I ruined a wedding once by um at the after party there was a karaoke and everyone was singing nice sweet lovely love songs cuz it's a wedding and I went up on the karaoke and sang Welcome to the Black Parade. <laughs> and that completely changed the tone of that wedding. Well, that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty energetic song once it gets going it's, though. Yes, but not necessarily the lyrically tonal song yeah. that you want at a wedding. No. <laughs> but then but then look look how many weddings play like um every every breath you take, which is, you know, a song about a stalker, so Yeah. Anyway, Jim's back, so you can listen to me talk about virtual reality now, Jim. Woo-hoo. Oh fuck! I thought I'd avoid it. I got a fucking virtual reality <laughs> headset yesterday, and I've had a very weird day with it. So, right. yeah, where where do I have s- you banged with it yet? Well, kind of. So I know you have because you mentioned you had. Yeah. So this is what's really about. happened, yeah. Laura. This is why she's hoarse. She like fell out the window. You fell out the window, <laughs> didn't you? And you like screamed <laughs> all the way down. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, so I'm going to tell the story here because this story I've tweeted about it. It exists. Um, Please do. So. I got sent a memory stick with a load of games on it along with this Oculus Rift and one of the things on it is a porn game. So I open up this file. There's a porn game on my on my headset, but it's also on my monitor. And my girlfriend, fiance, comes home from work at this exact moment and she's just there while I'm staring at virtual reality pornography because <laughs> that's just great. That's, that's the impression I want to give a virtual reality is, oh, yeah, while you're out, I'm going to have virtual cyber sex because, Guys, yeah. I, I, I have a question. So asking for a friend, if you were to watch regular porn on a VR headset, 
Would it look right or would it be all like bendy and stuff? And I mean bendy as in the screen, not not as in a very limber limber actor. I came across this because of some research today into like, is this a thing that exists? Um, there are websites that have recorded their porn specifically in formats for the Oculus Rift. So if wow. you want to enjoy VR so porn, you'll have to go into like the special VR porn website and that should mm. do it for you. Like just like the, the motion of video games <coughs> in VR makes me feel queasy. Just the thought of it. Yeah. Like first person porn just bouncing up. Like I, there's no way I would give a virtual blowjob. Like, the migraine I would have from bobbing my head in VR, like, would kill me. You'd pretty much always have to be on the bottom and just not not have a bouncy bed. Yeah, yeah, like, like just stiff as a plank. That is the solution that this VR game came up with, which is you are a character lying down on their back and everything is happening to you. You just kind of... <laughs> the only way You just kind it. of, like, look at it happening. And, like, there is... Yeah, it, like, no agency. So it's, the, like, the, Fifty like, Shades of Gaben. Uh, oh god i just got the most awful image in my head (laughs) oh god um like there is no it's weird to call this a game there is no interaction whatsoever you can't i don't know speed up slow down change what's happening it is literally just sort of like real sex you can look to either side but that kind of defeats the purpose of vr porn if you're looking to the left where there's no porn or to the right where there's no porn, rather than in front of you where the porn is i don't know it depends on who you're with i mean (laughs) (laughs) I've well, had some drunken like, encounters. Gavin, will you stop life? leaking <laughs> details about the Jim Sterling <laughs> VR porn game? Oh, well, considering that, like, the only thing that there is that's, I assume, there to titillate is the visual. So, like, there is no reason for you to look away other than do you want to yeah. look at the face or do you want to look at the genitals? Up or down? Which do you prefer? <laughs> that's it. Oh, dear. Is it, was it an established... Um, pornographic performer um no but they looked an awful lot like um who is the female uh character in bioshock infinite what's her name elizabeth elizabeth it looked like elizabeth from bioshock infinite right oh um, so it it was a a, a virtual yes it was a virtual representation this was like a, a a cyber creation of a person right in in the pornography See, for some reason, I was That's imagining a... they'd at least done a kind of like FMV style one where it was it was just regular porn that someone had shot with a handycam uh, that they just put and then you know shot it so that you could put goggles over your face. But it is basically just like 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 those source filmmaker gifts that I definitely don't look at. No, this this was much more just like, <laughs> hey, there is a sex happening. Would you like to look at the sex or would you like to look at the face that is partaking in the sex? And that was wow. that was the experience. Um, it sounds other, kind of boring, is it? It it is kind of boring. It's a very pedestrian thing. It's like, well, mm. there's a naked body here, but you know, really, is that that much of a big deal? So, uh, what else? I'm trying to think. What else did I do in VR? Um, I saw a man fart confetti over me and transform into a butt moon. How do you find these things? Oh god, I don't fucking know. This game is called Butts.VR. And <laughs> at least it is what it says it is. Yeah, so um you're It's like in, your in, dream in, game. It's an interactive theatre where you sort of look up at the sky and there's this big glowing light and you stare into it and the world forms around you and you're in this beautiful meadow and there's this 
man with a very creepy grin and bulging out, like very creepy eyes, who's sort of happily walking down the road and he walks past you and you have to turn around to keep watching him. And he's got his butt out and he's got a very, very, very pronounced butt. And he walks over and finds someone who's sad. So in order to cheer them up, he goes over to them, taps them on the shoulder, bends over, (laughs) sticks his hand up his ass. Seems like he's trying to pull something out. And eventually, pop, he pulls, and confetti goes everywhere. I've just, I got so excited there, I knocked my headphones all over the place. Um, (laughs) So yeah, confetti farts everywhere, and he's very pleased with himself. So at this point, him and this very sad person, the sad person's getting a bit more cheered up now. So he gets up, and they both start trying to pull confetti out their ass, and like, oh, oh, where's the tension, where's the tension? Bang, there it goes. Confetti's rolling all over you. Then they use their asses as confetti cannons to fly up into the sky and you're watching them fly around. They smack into each other and there's a confetti explosion. You look back down and they're back there like showing you their butts again. The screen closes up as if it's going to be like that sort of circle close transition on a on a video. And then as it's closing, mm. it pans up to the moon and the moon has a butt and then it rotates around and it's the creepy face is on the moon. And then he winks at you and it's over. Right. I love. So, for, for most of this podcast, um, you know, the past few episodes, I've been talking about how uninterested in VR I am. The porn didn't sell me. Confetti Arse Moon has me reaching for my wallet. I am trying my best to work out how I can record this game because I don't know how recording VR games works yet properly. But I want to put a video of this on the internet because my fucking god, I think it's gonna like it will explode. It will be the most popular video I ever do. Confetti ass moon. Well, I don't know how much you guys had to do with this, but I saw the the uh, dad shower thing getting a lot of attention this week. Oh god, they made a yeah, music been... video. Yes, it, it was really quite good. It was it was well played. Mm. Yes, yeah. they, they covered uh, Kanye West's power, mm. but, but it, they called it Shower, yeah. now, and I, rewrote all of the lyrics. I quite like this, because um, someone came up with a theory that they think this is Frog Fractions 2, because it's a weird game that seems to be a one-hit note that is incredibly well written for a developer who has never released a game before, that came out of nowhere and seems like the plot's going to have no legs, but that we are theorising is going to have some deeper level to it. Plus there's a frog in mm. that music video. So mm. it's all coming together. I would not be hugely surprised if it turned out to be Frog Fractions too. I, I certainly won't make a prediction. But, no, but, but... If that happened, I would... Yeah, if it definitely. happened, I would not be surprised. It, it's the kind of thing that makes sense. Yes. So yes. I, I, I am very pleased to see this game that like I championed when it was a little gif on Twitter and no one was paying attention to it. <laughs> and now look at it, my little baby's growing up and still showering with its dad. Still showering. It still knows how to shower with yeah. its dad. Like, let's not forget that. I, I, I would be amused if it became another, if it became another Five Nights at Freddy's situation. Um, because I was similarly, um, I did a Steam Greenlight trailer for Five Nights at Freddy's. I, it's a video series mm. I do where I commentate over particularly bad <laughs> or just weird trailers yeah. for games on Greenlight. And and Five Nights at Freddy's was one when no one knew what it was. And then the next thing I time I heard about it, it was this huge sen- fucking sensation. Yeah. Um, I would be amused if that happens again because looking at this and the way it's going. 
it's got potential to be another big cult thing. It looks like it could be a really big thing. And that's really weird considering how small it started off. Like, there were maybe 20 retweets on a gif of it on Twitter was all that existed when, like, I think it was Jonathan Holmes sent me a link to it and was like, hey, maybe we cover this gif. And suddenly it's like, oh, this is really high production values and really creative ideas for promotion coming out of this weird person I've never heard of. The, literally yeah, okay. the only other thing I know that this guy has done on the internet is in January, he bought an, a strawberry ice cream at um, McDonald's that looked like the souls of hell were trying to escape from it. That is literally okay. the only other thing I can find where this man exists on the internet. Good, good. So he is very much a mystery. Yeah. More, more, if, it, if it does turn out to be Frog Fractions or something else, like, at least I'm way more subtle about it than Kojima's ever been when he's tried to do a bait and switch. Yeah, this is... I, I am intrigued by this thing. It, it happened. Uh, so yeah, oh, you, you mentioned Five Nights at Freddy's too. Nice thing that happened this week that's actually some positivity in the... Let me try that sentence again. Nice thing that happened this week that's actually some positivity in the games industry. The Five Nights mm-hmm. at Freddy de- uh, developer dropped a quarter of a million pound in a charity live stream that some kid that was a fan of his was running. This kid had tried to uh, to raise, I think it was 5,000 US dollars for this children's hospital. And he was doing it all in Five Nights at Freddy face paint and streaming the Five Nights at Freddy games and like trying to raise money for charity. And the developer just came into the li- into the stream and was like, yep, quarter of a million pound for that children's hospital. There you go, kid. Wow. That is that is wang on the table right there. That's fair play to him. That, that, that's that immediately awesome. makes me wonder how many copies he sold of that game. Um, too many. Like, I, I, mean, I started trying to dig into this as best I could after I wrote the news story. I was like, oh... God, this guy made a lot of money very quickly. Like, do you do you do you think maybe like if I made a scary song, PewDiePie would scream at it? <laughs> um, it would have to be really scary. If you made it a scary song though. about it PewDiePie, have you seen his videos? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, but when I say really scary, I mean like you. It would really hurt you as a musician because yeah. everyone knows that really, really scary means discordant violins every, like after moments of silence. Yeah, the entire song would have to be like like two minutes of dead silence and then just suddenly like, like discordant violins and you smashing piano keys. You do that and you may have the most viral song that ever went viral in a play. Because uh, I, I was thinking more along the lines of like a ukulele version of Thriller. No, 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 because no. 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 if there's one thing YouTube beats, it's more ukulele versions. Actually, you, you know, you know what you could make that would be really scary. What you could make a song about a video game movie that stars Adam Sandler, because that would oh, be a god. terrifying prospect. Oh god, it's real. If anyone were to do that, gosh, it would be awful, wouldn't it? Let Adam it's... Sandler make a video game movie. He's making a video game movie, everyone. Adam Sandler's making a video game movie, and it rips <laughs> it rips off the plot of that Future Armor episode where the aliens are space <coughs> invaders, and they put in the creator of Pac-Man to make one terrible joke that they show you in the trailer, and it's poorly acted, and it's uh, uh, and everything's really everything's really pixelated, which is like okay, Adam Sandler clearly hasn't played a video game since he was eight years old. 
Well, no, well, that that vaguely maybe on makes... console. Oh, oh, that that vaguely makes sense because it's like, oh, in the eighties, we sent some video games into space, and aliens misinterpreted them as weapons, and now they made the video games be real so that they can use them to destroy the Earth because video games. Yeah, it just sounds absolutely awful. I watched the trailer, and my my mind for the whole thing was just, how is this a thing? How did this get greenlit? Who like, who who said this was a good idea to make who this? Who at Nintendo gave the Donkey Kong license to this, but did not put Mario uh, the, in Wreck It Ralph? The Nintendo seal of quality <laughs> is prestigious and cannot be questioned ever. I've not seen the trailer for this film. I, d- I don't feel like I want. To. You're better off not. Yeah, I feel like I will have gained. Nothing. Maybe I could watch it and do a Steam Greenlight trailer for it. Oh, just God, yes. Just break convention. Um, I might do that. But uh. Otherwise, I, I've got no reason to... I'm not going to watch that film. I, I don't... I can't remember the last time I watched a film with Adam Sandler anywhere near it. And, and I don't even hate the guy so much as I just... I do not care for it. I am I entirely ambivalent to his existence. Yeah, yeah. Oh god! Like I don't hate that he's around. It doesn't bother me. No, but uh, I do hate but, most but... of the movies he's in at this point. Sandler, <laughs> get away from our video games! He's trying to uh. ruin. He's trying to ruin our video games, guys. Yeah, I, I he we is. got the joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, what What else happened this week? Um, oh, Jim, have you played Telltale's second Borderlands episode yet? Yes. Oh, what did you think? They clearly hurried it along because we were talking about <laughs> it. Um, well, without giving any way, giving uh, away spoilers, because no one, no one wants to have spoilers when they're trying to eat their breakfast. Um, I liked it. I did not think it was quite as as fun as the first episode, but it was it was a valuable episode because it had it got um, had a lot of characterization to do. Mm. Had to build up some. Some relationships with with some of the cast, uh, so it was a very functional episode, uh, and it does look like they're building up towards episode three being, you know, quite explosive. Yeah. So yeah, I, I liked it. Good. My, my general thought on it, and again, I won't spoil very much. We can get past it very quickly. Is um, take away the factor from that first episode where it was all new, it was all unexpected. Um, a lot of things caught us off guard very pleasantly, and I think that sort of affected our perspective of that first episode um i think that this second episode is as strong a an episode technically even if it doesn't feel as impactful watching it because like some of the myst- mystique is gone because we know some of the you feel like, like we're over it a bit. well it's like we know the formula now we we've seen the surprising thing that telltale can do the comedic great music like sort of light-hearted telltale game so I think it's like I think it was still a very exceedingly well paced, um, very well written, great set pieces. I thought it was a fantastic episode. This Borderlands series is shaping up to be my favourite Telltale series at the moment. That's actually exactly what I've yeah. said as well. It's like if it like keeps it, up this this pace, this is going to be my favourite series. Yeah, really? like, like Game of Thrones is clearly getting more attention because it's Game of yeah. Thrones, but because it's so HBO. far Borderlands just seems <laughs> yeah, but so far Borderlands is just like exceeding, like you say, just exceedingly well made. Oh, um, what is the um, what's the tone like in the games? Is it similar to the actual Borderlands game in in the, in that there's a lot of meme humor, or is it more kind of character based humor, or is it even humor? It's character based. Is it more yeah, serious? It's, 
I don't think there's oh. any real like and to be fair they they cut that out of the pre-sequel as well. I yeah. think um Anthony Birch got the message there when it came to to meme um uh, sort of meme references. Um this one, it's it's clear that the Telltale people are doing the writing. Mm. Uh, so you've just got a very straightforward action um, action comedy, mm. uh, very similar to like you know buddy films and things like that, uh, with some fourth wall. Like the most it goes as far as memes goes is when it sort of uh, breaks the fourth wall a little bit and pokes fun at Telltale. Oh, is this when it break it pokes fun at the fact it's like. This is a big decision coming up, and it's a big one, so you should take the time to make the big decision. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that, and stuff like, you know, how in the other games you've got things in the corner that says such oh. and such will remember Your that. face will remember are, that from episode one. Yeah, you get punched in the face, your face will remember that. <laughs> you skip the credits uh, at the end, and you get a message that says Telltale will remember that. Um, <laughs> I missed that so, one. Oh. Yeah, there's little jokes like yeah. that throughout. Like, I, I will give one example of the humour from episode two that I think like sums up its humour, the tone of its humour. Which is that, like, it plays with character humor and the trope of the unreliable narrator, and like the the fact you've got a pair of unreliable narrators that sort of intersperse whose perspective the story's from at any given time. So you might enter a a section of gameplay from one narrator's perspective and later realize, oh, this is now being from someone else's perspective. There is one bit where a pair of characters just start shouting bro at each other and they get really stupid. And it's like, hey, I did not shout bro that much. And it's like, oh, the other character who thinks you're an idiot was narrating that bit. You cut, you cut to Fiona who's just got this glazed yeah, look she's at just her like, That bit did make me do a yeah. laugh out of my mouth. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of like character humor and situational humour and unreliable narrator humour and it works really well. I really, really I'll have like to try this thing. one. Yeah, I liked because I liked The Wolf Among Us uh, more than I did The Walking Dead because I felt unlike The Walking Dead it didn't constantly beat me over the head with misery <laughs> and, and yeah. bleakness. This this is better Though in I, that I, regard, definitely. Yeah. This doesn't beat you over the head with, with depression. It's like, hey, bad things are going <laughs> to happen but we'll laugh through it. Cool. I must try this one. So, yeah. Oh, uh, to have more hours in the day. Indeed. I've already put too many into things. So, do you know what I just realised, guys? What did you just realise? The, ne- the next time we record this podcast, we'll have all played Bloodborne. <gasps> I'm yeah. very excited. Yeah, very I'm pretty excited. much, like, so hyped for this game. I was oh, kind God. of trying not to be too hyped for it because of last year and stuff but no Mm -hmm. the the hype level's going through the roof now after watching some gameplay that's it I was trying to be really like measured about it and because I don't like hype at all uh especially I don't do previews anymore I don't do news so I I really try and keep pre-coverage in check because I think hype can be damaging to the industry overall I mean we've seen what it's done to Destiny and Watch Dogs Mm. and Titanfall in terms of yeah we will get to Destiny the the game of the year we'll get to that one (laughs) oh yeah we'll get there don't you worry (laughs) the best Um, most prestigious video game like like last week I I just suddenly sat up and thought you know what Bloodborne is coming soon Mm. it's time to get like giddy uh, and and I've been somewhat giddy do you uh, um, thinking about do it. you guys read edge no not anymore but I used to they did a piece this week which is kind of um it's not a review because they couldn't get the online but it's kind of a review of the single player 
And the one thing that... Oh, yeah, the, I heard about that. The, oh, shit, my... Sorry. Yeah, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, my, my fucking Square Enix Dead Space toy fell See, this is, this is what happens, audience. They finally give me a chance to talk, and they just start, like, <laughs> n- deliberately knocking over their shit so, so that I can't talk. Oh, no, my microphone's broken, Gavin. You're going to have to wait, and then I'll talk when I come back. Gavin, I've like, just come down with shouting week, sickness, Gavin. The comments last Gavin, week Gavin, I can't like, stop shouting. Why doesn't Gavin I'm talk sorry. more? It's like, because they don't fucking let me. <laughs> I'm sorry, Gavin, please do. I want you to talk, talking, more. I really Gavin. do. So, Edge was saying, and this really excited me, that the world in uh, Bloodborne is designed the same way that Dark Souls 1 was in that you go off on these tangents and all into these new places and you can look back on the other places you've been and realize where you are and always find a shortcut back as opposed to a bonfire warp. And, and I'm really excited about that because that was my favorite thing in Dark Souls was uh, the I, way they laid out the world. I spoke very nicely to some people at Rezd and got to spend probably longer than I was supposed to on the demo booth playing uh, Bloodborne. And, oh. That game looks nice, and the controls are nice, and it mm. feels like a Souls game, and that is good. And you move fast mm. in this one, and I like the moving fast, and I want Bloodborne, please. The only, the my only reservation is I'm disappointed it's not on PC because it's it will objectively be a better game with a 60 frames per second, you know. And I'm I I don't know what frame rate the PS4 version is going to be, but I presume it's going to be capped at 30. Let's find out. Yeah. Because I would love... Like, I never used to care... I've, I've talked about frame rate a lot in recent years. I never used to care too much about frame rate until I started gaming more on PC and mm. it just became so much more standard. Mm. And now it's just so noticeable to me now. Mm. But did you, did, you play, did you play the Dark Souls console version and the PC version? Because the difference between those in feel is so <laughs> huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, those wankers. What? Who? What? 30 frames per second because it's the best for action. Uh, well, please wait, tell me on. they didn't say cinematic. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. There was an update, but it wasn't any better. <laughs> oh. Ternamertic. Ternamertic. Sony clarified and said that uh, we'd like to clarify that 10, 1080p 30 frames per second is what Bloodborne is going for, considering its game designs. But ne- we never meant that it's the best choice for all action games. Um, so that's that's not much better. But no, like... Well, I don't I don't get why 16. they keep trying to defend this. I mean, yeah. every it's game like, our console can't shit. run this at 60 frames per second. It's not that hard to say, PR people. I, I understand why... You're not ever gonna say that, but don't tell us it's better because it's not. Mm. Like it's a, it, it is an objective fact. This isn't even opinion. This is like like sci- a scientist <laughs> would prove this if he cared. Mm. It is better. Sixty frames per second is better all the time, forever, um, <laughs> unless you're playing a game about. Like, unless the game is specifically about the character running at 30 frames yeah. per second. Any, anything, and that's a narrative thing. Anything that requires precision of, of movement responds better with a faster frame rate. That's just a fact. That is just yeah, but we want not, it to be more like inarguable. cinema because cinema is art. So we need a cinematic cinema, form of expression. Cinema is video games. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, cinematic. So should we talk anyway. about this BAFTA destiny <laughs> baffling baftas so i have a theory about this so for anyone who doesn't know 
the BAFTAs happened, which are the UK's big video games event where it's like, hey, we're going to respond to, we're, we're going to reward the big artsy video games that the intellectuals like. And it's the, it's the thinking man's award show in the UK for games events. And it's the Oscars. Yeah, it's, it's the video time. game Oscars. Yeah. And basically it comes to best game point of the evening and some weird magician called Dynamo, who has nothing to do with the games industry, walks on stage and goes, oh yeah, best game at the BAFTAs? Destiny. Walks off. Everyone's confused. Um, at the time, I was taking part... Was it a magic trick? Oh, this is what I'm thinking. It was a fucking magic trick. I think that looking at him, he's a mid-twenties-ish, like, a short-haired white guy. I think he probably quite likes Destiny. I think he did a magic trick. And he swapped it for he one of the good He swapped the games. real winner. He swapped one you of know the what good Destiny games is? Destiny. Do you remember when you're a kid, like, well, I don't know if you guys were like into football or sports or anything, but you used to be able to get these sticker magazines where you'd buy the magazine and it had all these empty spaces for stickers. And then like, you, and you had to buy sticker the stickers albums. separately and stick them into the book. Destiny is yeah. one of those, but like you go in and buy your book and then you're like, can I buy the stickers too? And they're like, um, yeah, no, the stickers aren't out yet. They'll be there later, and they cost thirty quid. Yeah, they cost. They co- two stickers cost the same as oh the book, God. mate. So my my um, my favorite bit of this whole story is that at the time when this news got announced, I was in the press room at BAFTA. I was part of a roundtable interview with Tim Schafer, and we stopped the interview to argue about <laughs> like why Destiny would have got best game. Because, like, there was this shout from the other side of the room, and Tim Schaefer stops the interview, and he's like, what's going on over there? And we're like, yeah, what's going on? And we find out Destiny got best game at the BAFTAs, and for a good three minutes we stopped the interview to be like, what the fuck is this bollocks? The whole audience was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't take awards seriously. I, um, not even my own, uh, that I do, uh, but... So it's not like I was angry or anything, um, but I did find it, I found it funny. Mm. Uh, I find it funny and I also find it, I got to wonder what what BAFTA as an entity thinks of video games if they think that's the best. Here's like my actual serious thoughts on this. What has probably happened is that there was some kind of like, pick your favourite four games and rank them in order of like, this many points to your favourite, this many to your second favourite and so on. And Destiny probably got second or third on everyone's voting lists and everyone was much more indecisive about the top spot and the bottom spot. And as such, some of the games that probably should have been in that top spot, just because of the averages, Destiny got more general Mm -hmm. middling averages from everyone and that pushed it up. Which is ironic because that game is itself a tribute to... The bare minimum average. Oh, where the hell was Bayonetta on that list, by the way? Yeah, where the fuck was Bayonetta too? <laughs> Fucking hell. And where was... Um, you know, one thing, though, about that ceremony, it, as as a show and as an entertaining show, it, it was really... I liked it, and I liked the host, and I liked the humour in it. I think you Brits do such a better job at award shows than our American friends, because... British humour just tends to be a little bit more acerbic and a little bit more sardonic and there's not as much kind of um, oh god I'm afraid to say how do I put this nicely you Brits aren't as worried about offending people (laughs) (laughs) in the award shows and I think that comes across like the humour is kind of 
it, it wasn't really cruel, but it was a little bit more easy and relaxed. It seemed. Yeah. Did 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 anyone else get that? That it felt a bit more. I think another. I think another issue there is is it's not just offending people, it's offending like companies. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like the Spike video game, well, I guess they're just the video game awards now. Like it's just, it's got such a corporate flavor to it. Like yeah. you're not going to get Jeff Keighley making jokes about Destiny winning an award mm. or, or, or or making fun of like some controversy that happened mm. with a game. Uh, because, but if you, look you know, like... he's got Reggie fils me behind him and <laughs> that dude looks like he could punch a house down. But if you look at the difference, I mean, even with the... Like, who is it? Joel McHale, that's his name, isn't it? Like, a lot of his jokes last year kind of bombed a little bit because he felt like he was being... I don't know, he felt like he was being a bit cruel or something, but for some reason, the British are able to do that in a way that is just more funny, yeah. to me at least. I think it's definitely... It's a, it's a how-you-tell-it yeah, situation yeah. as well. Like, I've, I've argued before, you can be crass, you can be tasteless, you can even be offensive or, or tackle offensive subject matter... But it's all in how you tell it. Like, it's yeah. the difference between, say, you know, the jokes that Saints Row tells versus others, where it, because Saints Row yeah. is, it's gotten praise from a lot of sectors for being tasteless, being kind of overblown and over the top, but very inclusive it's with like, it and not really up, like, it's like, like going uh, out of its way to alienate. It's like George Carlin versus Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a case of like, no subject should be off the limits for humour. But there are responsible yeah. ways to do humor, and there are irresponsible ways. And if, like, if people yeah. say that, like, that joke is off bounds, usually it's a case of that. Like, what you actually mean is the person telling that joke was not skilled enough to tell that joke properly in a way that didn't screw it up. Exactly. So exactly, I think Jimmy Jimmy Carr would be my uh, uh, my my example of how to do the most unbelievably offensive jokes and do them well. <laughs> Mine would be Joel McHale. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. So Jeff Keighley, if you're listening, which you're obviously not, but if you are, I, I suggest a British host for the Video Game Awards this year. Could be interesting. <laughs> could oh, could it be me? Could be Jim. Yeah. Yeah. It could be, could it could be, be all three of us. We no, can, I'm we, gunning for trending gamer this year. We, we, the three <laughs> of us could host the BAFTAs. We could totally do that. We should. Oh. Yeah, we should host it. We should do should our own push? awards. Why did yeah. we not do an awards at the end of last year? Because uh, we, we, we don't suck. fucking yeah. need to, because we don't work we'll for do corporate it this outlets year. that force us to well, I do score a, things I, by points and metrics. <laughs> I did the Jimquisition Awards, um, and I guess this being a Jimquisition show, it's kind of tied under that umbrella. But we could, we either way, we should host either BAFTA or the Game Awards. I'm not fussed. I just, I just want to be on a stage. Twitter, make it happen. Like, I'll do anything. Make it happen, yeah. Twitter. I expect 35,000 tweets about this by the end of the week. Uh, I will just warn anyone who does invite Jim to speak, just turn his microphone down a little bit just before he gets on stage. A little bit. <laughs> I get excited. I, sti I, get excited I swear, man, I it was when I came back from Escapist Expo, that's when my tinnitus started developing. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure Jim <laughs> had something to do with that. Oh. <laughs> It definitely wasn't the loud rock show I did that night. It was Jim talking into the microphone. We forgot my uh, my favourite bit of uh, news from the BAFTAs, which is that Tim Schafer likes cat butts. Cat butts? Yeah, this is an official legitimate piece of news that I published on Destructoid.com. Um, hmm. I asked Tim Schafer what his favourite butt was. He did not have an answer. I asked him what his favourite butt that he had 
created or worked on was. He, he didn't have an answer. We left the interview. And then he stopped me because he'd come up with an answer. So he pulls me back to the interview so that he can tell me that his favourite butt in a video game is the cat in Costume Quest. Because that has a really nice butt, apparently. So in, in what you heard game? it here first uh, in Costume Quest. Costume Quest. Okay, Googling. So, I, I can't find an image of the Costume Quest cat's butt. Like, no matter how hard I look, I can't find it. But apparently, it's Tim Schafer's favourite butt in a video game. And as such, it's official. You heard it here first. Tim Schafer likes cat butt. Wow. Journalism. That's... That's good. Yeah, are you proud of me now, Jim? Are you proud of me? <laughs> are you proud of me I'm now, Jim? I did a journalism for you. You've done more journalism than I've ever done. So yeah, step yes. step it up, Jim. Laura's doing your job for you. I think Laura, you should demand half of his uh, Patreon money now. Oh, oh yeah, 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 Jim. Yeah, hand it over. Yeah. Hand it over, Jim. <laughs> hand it over. Hand me over the big bucks. Ooh. You know I'm the brains behind this Ooh, operation. Right. Ugh. I'm the one finding out that Ashley Johnson, voice of Ellie in The Last of Us Left Behind, likes the butt of Fetch in Infamous First Light more than any other butt. I'm finding that Fetch. out, not you, Jim. <clears throat> Fetch was uh, by far the best character in that game. She was really cool. I'm honestly thinking that my Patreon is not enough money. The, like, like, it's not enough because what you're doing like, deserves all of the gold in Scotland. Like, like, butt journalism is probably, like, the next iPhone. Well, the only thing that's higher than that, and I didn't get to do this at the BAFTAs, was had Dynamo come out to the press room for interviews, like everyone else did after he handed out that award, I was going to record a video, 30 seconds long, just called Who the Fuck is Dynamo and Why the Fuck is He Here? That was going to be me sticking a camera in his face. And just being like, so Dynamo, you've just given out the award for best game at the BAFTAs. Who the fuck are you and why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Journalism. So, so not only does no one know who this Dynamo chart is, he went on stage for like a second, just said it and fucked yeah. off and then didn't. Like, like no one knows who he is and he's acting better than well, ever. Well, it's like, who the fuck is Dynamo? Like, of all the people, it's like, Katie Hill, who is one of the, the UK TV presenter people from like a decade ago, she came out to the press room after she handed out her award. Fucking Dynamo, where the fuck did he go? Did he do an invisible trick? I don't fucking know. <laughs> he has very, very hate... pretty blue eyes, though. I'm just looking up pictures of him now. Oh, I'm going to have to look now. I hate hearing about celebrities from the UK because it reminds me how long ago I used to live in the UK. Like, I watched some recent... So a bit of a recent like ITV uh, television program, um, and everyone on it like it was a panel show, and everyone on it I'd never heard of, and they clearly must be big names over there now, but never fucking heard of them. I I, I don't know how internet works because I I got magician and wizard confused there, so I was doing a search for Dynamo Wizard. Is he a wizard? Does he have his wizard. wand? Those eyes are something else. Aren't they just... get lost in those forever. I'm I'm looking at one picture, like, second row, right-hand side. That's a very nice picture. Him and his blue eyes. There he is with a hood, looking all... all Assassin. All assassin-y. He does look very Assassin's Creed-y, as he tells us that his magicianship is impossible. Where is our um, Assassin's Creed wizardry now? Where's Assassin's Creed Dynamo? 
I would, I would, I would play like if it was like Merlin times and shit, and you could be a wizard and do a magic spell. Like I would play that now, one. And like when it. you were saying that, you said I would, and then you sort of had the letter F started to happen and went away. In my head, it's like, yeah, I would fuck him. I thought that's where you were going. Well, well, I would fuck Ezio. I'd do that too. Be yeah. fair. Well, Ezio was pretty hot. Especially <laughs> especially when he got old and had that beard. Uh, so what else happened in the video games this week? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about Gavin fucking old man. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's an arresting image. This needs to oh. be a song. Oh, weird video game news in weird video games, because that's all I ever talk about. I got buried mm. alive in a coffin and had to like shout at the coffin to have someone help find me so I could be let out. This is a video Jesus. game. Yeah. Um, so this, this game, um, I'm, oh, what's the name of it? Let me find the name. I should have the name here somewhere. Oh, I didn't come prepared to the fucking podcast. What the fuck is this bollocks? <laughs> what is wrong with me? It, it, it's our average professional standard. Um, uh, okay. Let me scroll back through a day's worth of tweets because I said a thing that made people angry. Let's scroll back through a lot of tweets. Scrolling back, scrolling back, still got to scroll. Tweet decks had to scroll back. I haven't made anyone angry in an entire week. Many, many times. Lucky you. Yeah. I even got through Paddy's day without making anyone angry. (laughs) I made people angry because I suggested that maybe um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia shouldn't have used a particular slur in uh, its Netflix episode description. I was like... Hey, keep the the slurs inside the episode if you have to. Don't put them in the Netflix episode descriptions. That's just unnecessary. That's a pretty... That sounds like a pretty fair request to me. Yeah. It it does. But then again, this is Always Sunny. Now, I I like Always Sunny as a TV show. I do think sometimes some of the the stuff they do is... It just makes me go a little bit. Um, But I do like it in general as a show. But their fans are scary. Yeah, they are. Um, Um, Like, like... I, the idea of, of tackling them, like, there's, I forget which website it is, but one of the more prominent TV show review websites, like, they they go through Always Sunny Philadelphia reviewers like paper because they can't hack it after a while. Because uh, the slightest criticism of an episode brings out, like, maniacs, and people only do it temporarily and then, I guess, either work on some other TV show or, or stop entirely. Because there's probably people out there who watch that show and aspire to be like them, isn't it? When the whole joke is what utterly awful people they are. Well, yeah, this is a world in which, you know, people think Breaking Bad is um, is supposed to have Walter White as its hero, you know. So, short version of this is basically just episode four. Like, okay, the first four episodes of It's Always Sunny... Three quarters of those first four episodes make jokes at the expense of trans people. The fourth episode uses the word tranny nine times. One of which is like, oh, the trans woman was punched in the face. Oh, no, it's okay. He's a guy. He's got a penis. I was like, oh. Oh, Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't like that episode, strangely. Anyway, I found the video game so we can stop talking about this thing. Um, It's called Taphobos. T-A-P-H-O-B-O-S to Phobos. Basically, what you do is you get locked in a coffin that has a load of microphones around it and you, they put a virtual reality headset on you and all you can mm-hmm. see... Just to... Yeah. Just, sorry, just to specify, this is a, like they're putting you physically in a yes, box? Yes, this is a physical coffin-shaped box that you, at the Rezzed video game event, you lie down in it 
you put on the the VR headset so that you can see the inside of this virtual coffin. And then they put the coffin lid on you. Just, you know, so you have something to bang against. And then someone else on another computer is tasked with, like, uh, they put a pair of headphones on and they have to find where your coffin is buried and dig you up before you can be released from the box. And it's all to do with, like, they'll have directional sound in their headphones to be like, hmm, it sounds like there's some muffled banging coming from over there. And Mm. it is all about you trying to bang on this coffin enough that someone will find you and let you out. So they put you physically in the box. Yes, they put you physically in a box. Your that box is digitally placed. If I'm hearing yes, this it's, correct, it's, like, it's like when you put the headsets on, the person world. trying to right, yeah. and they're trying. Yeah, it's a digital, the other person trying to find you is navigating <coughs> a digital world to find you, and then when they do, they can let you out of the physical. Box. Wow. Yes, it's they have to find your digital box in the digital world to be able to let you out of the physical box. Um, I will try and find you a picture of the coffin. Um, here we go. Rock, paper, shotgun. Have a nice picture. There's some free that publicity to your RPS. So yeah, people do look this up. It's Tafobos. T-A-P-H-O-B-O-S. Wow. Yeah, that's that's the coffin. So What's uh, it called? Sorry, say it again. Tafobos. 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 I guess it'd be Tafobos. Tafobos. Yeah. I think I think that would be the pronunciation. So, yeah, it's it's this weird fucking creepy game. I I not have a fun time in that box. Do you- I can imagine. I mean, clearly that that I, I'm not particularly claustrophobic, but I can't imagine I'd enjoy that very much. Yeah, it looks pretty like God. You'd have to get your like Uma Thurman on and like bust your way out of there. Get your bride foo on. Yeah, it is. That is really it, scary. It is an experience that was a bit like I'm not claustrophobic, but now that I'm in here, I would really like to get out. Please. The girl in the picture yeah. looks really, really <laughs> uncomfortable. Doesn't look like she had a fun no. time. I'm just trying to. Like you, you couldn't pay me enough to get me buttered up and wedged in that. <laughs> oh god! Here's here's the best part now. Um, I have a build of that being sent to me by the developer today. So you know, if I can find a big box at home, I can I can play Let's Bury You Alive at home with my fiance. <laughs> I've got this image of me like like I want to go to a fucking like with the headset on. I want to go into like a, like a, a funeral parlor, or a mort- uh, mortician's place, whatever sells them. Just go up to the counter. Just I want to buy a coffin, and they're like, "Why? I'm gonna play a game." <laughs> it's like my fiance, who is still alive, is going to be in this coffin tonight. <laughs> yeah, gonna play a fun game uh, with my friend. It's called Bury it'd be, it'd My be Fiance a good thing. Alive. It would be a good thing to put in like um, in internet gaming cafes over in Korea because when like the dudes drop dead. <laughs> gaming for five days straight, they can just throw them straight in the coffin and ship them out. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was bloody creepy. I got locked in a fucking box. I was like, let me out the fucking box, and I hit the box a bit, and then someone was like, oh, thank you, we can let you out of the box now. I'm like, oh, thank you why? for letting me out of the I box. Just, just very why? Nice of you. Why? <laughs> because Res is a fucking weird show for games. Um, uh, like weird games. Why I saw these, at Res. There was there was a one dimensional dungeon crawler at Res. Do you want to know how that works? One-dimensional. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You have a strip of LEDs, and you know there's like springs you get for doors where you like to stop the door swinging the whole way open. But if you flick it, it kind of goes boing. boing, boing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have one of those like stuck onto a desk with an accelerometer yeah. on the top, and a strip of LEDs, and you play one LED at the start of this strip of LEDs, 
And you have to fight your way along the strip of LEDs. And depending on the color of the LEDs, it's like, okay, well, that color's me, that color's an enemy. Uh, depending on the, like, the amount of pixels next to each other, you know how strong the enemy is and where it starts. Um, there's environmental hazards to avoid. And you sort of just tilt this spring left and right to move along the, the, string, of, the string of LEDs. And then in order to, atta uh, to attack, you flick the, the thing, so it goes boing, and like, damage radiates out to either side of you. And it's multiple levels of increasing difficulty trying to fight your way along a strip of LEDs. Wow. Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you not excited about that, Jim? I I don't even want to think about it. It's upsetting my G head. Gavin, 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 I have a question for you. Just why? Why? Why is... Just, oh, well, yeah. Here's, here's my question for you, Gavin. If you wanted mm -hmm. to have this in your home, how much do you think it would cost you to have this in your home? The coffin thing? No, no, no. The the, the LED dungeon crawler. Oh. I want an estimate. Uh, uh, 200? You're pounds? looking at 200, just, 200 pounds just for the strip of LEDs. Another yeah. 50 pound for the spring and accelerometer. And then another, another yeah. two to three hundred pound for manufacturing. Well, you know, people spend that much on the Xbox One, so yeah, you know, comparable spending. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. spend that much to flick a spring at some light. Apparently, yeah. they're setting they're setting one up in London's um, gaming cafe lo loading bar. They are setting one up in mm. there, and I'm like, really? But that's that's really yeah. what the, that. That's the use for those things. Yeah. You don't buy them and bring them home. They, they, they trick someone into letting them set it up somewhere. Oh, God. So, yeah, Rezzed was a weird thing. And as you can hear, my voice is going rapidly downhill as this show goes on. Fucking... Yes, let's well, maybe get a few questions out of the way and... Yeah, I like, I like the questions. The questions is my favourite part. What questions do we have? Um... Uh, Jim, uh, Gavin, didn't you have questions? Uh, I linked you a couple in Skype there. Hang on. Okay, one second. Oh, yeah, here we go. Questions. Can... Such yep. professionals. Okay, okay, I have an answer for this one. So this is from Michael Hughes, who is MH1 Ultramarine on Twitter. Um, Brilliant. What, what was your favorite game that was so bad it was good? And it's Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the Hedgehog is the worst fucking game that I absolutely love with all my fucking heart. It is angsty as all hell, and the plot makes no sense, and it is like, hey, I've got dark, dark fur, and I've got a gun and a motorbike, and I play rock music. Isn't it fun to be me? No one understands being a shadowy hedgehog. And that's the fucking game, and I love it. Shadow the Hedgehog. Shadow the Hedgehog is the worst game that is. It is my favorite game that is so bad it was good. Oh, this is it's that's a, a hard good, question. That's a strong choice. Actually, I think mine's quite famous because mm. I'm I'm quite legendary for my enjoyment of uh, Deadly Premonition. So yeah, that that would definitely be my favorite oh. in that whole. I, I have thing. another favorite game that was so bad it was good, which is Vampire: The Masquerade Bloodlines. <laughs> Ah, uh, that's actually more of a classic. A lot of people, when the mods are installed, they always say. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the base game. It is my <laughs> favorite game that is so bad, it's good. 
You know what I'm going to put forward for this one? The what? PC version of Resident Evil 6. I was playing that in co-op with, with Grey recently, and it's it's absolutely hilarious. I mean, it's one of the funniest games ever made in so many ways. Like, suplexing zombies and, like, just... It's, like, terrible, but it's hilarious. Like, he thinks it's the best shooter of the last generation, but I... I know, he's always I don't agree with that. Well, Grey also didn't uh, finish Silent Hill 2, so we keep telling him he has no right to have an opinion on games ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have one more, which is... Um, weirdly, it's a recent one. Sonic Boom. Because... The actual game of that is so bad that it's bad, but the metagame of realising that one of the characters can infinitely fly, glitching through, like, going <laughs> over the loading walls of levels so that you end in partially spawned levels, and trying to see how much of the game you can complete in, like, oh, you can do weird things like, oh, there's a lighthouse I'm not supposed to be able to get to the top of, what happens if I jump up to the top of it? Oh, I fell inside and now I'm invisible and my one of my team is swimming upside down in the rock. That's amazing! What? What was that one with the big rig trucks? That was fucking hilarious as well. The one where you would be like going through the scenery and under the water and driving like through the uh, was mountains. Was it actually called big rigs? I think that, yeah, I think it might be called big rigs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was hilarious too. Yeah. There are loads yeah, my, of shitty games. My, my, my favorite like terrible thing to do in Sonic Boom was I managed to jump out of the entire map so that I was falling and I could see the map above me, let it fall for a bit, and then I stopped and started jumping through my magic invincible forever jump back up to the world and got myself back onto the planet. I jumped out of the map and then managed to get myself back up to it because you got to find your own fun when someone gives you Sonic Boom. That used to uh, happen a lot in Elder Scrolls Online at the beginning, actually. You would fall through the scenery into the yawning void. Hey, are you guys... Well, that's free to play. Are now. you guys going to get it on console? Because I actually think it might... Now that it's all, like, fixed up and patched up and add- add-ons and stuff on the PC version, actually looks pretty okay. So I actually might get it on console because it looks like a fun thing to play with buddies. I'm, I'm tempted. Yeah. I'm tempted. I mean, um, mm. I never really reviewed the original because um, I, I was at the escapist and we had someone else working on it and mm. um, when it comes to consoles it might be an excuse to do that mm. um, especially now that they've taken the subscription stuff off um, yeah. had that whatever it's called the something Tamriel edition um, so yeah mm. that that would be fun yeah. I, I, I may it, it did have its charms I know it like definitely wouldn't be a favorite or anything but it, it certainly had like I'm, I mean getting to explore the areas of that world that you've always wanted to see that that was pretty awesome you know is it like the um the elder scrolls games have so many areas and maps that haven't actually been in any games yet so it was cool to see those yeah, yeah. okay right so have we got any other questions we've got one that is from ad adelaro 905 Trees on twitter Wants to know what is your favorite RPGs, Japanese or otherwise? Oh well, that's an op- um, no one's going to be surprised at mine. Like Fallout Three, there you go. End of story. Um, uh, for all of their flaws, I am a huge fan of the Mass Effect series. I love mm. Chrono Trigger. I love the original Super Mario RPG. I think it is kind of wonderful. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I actually quite liked Final Fantasy XIII, regardless of its linearity. Can I put in a vote, too, for Planescape Torment? Because that was wonderful. 
Absolutely. Mm. Um, let's see. For me, my, my, if we're including Japanese and West and all, all as one RPG thing, then Final Fantasy IX is probably my toppest top one. Um, just I, I fucking love that game, and I'm almost glad it didn't sell as well as the others because it's meant that uh, Square Enix has kept its horrible little fingers off of it more than the others um, when it came time to re-exploiting things. So yeah, I'm I'm. I fucking love that game. Brilliant soundtrack, really charming story, and this nice balance between sort of mopey dark stuff that Square Enix just fell right into in recent years, um, but tempered with a lot of the humour and fantasy charmy stuff of the earlier Square Enix. So I have a confession to make. I've never finished a Final Fantasy game, and I've only ever played two of them. I know. I know, kick me off the that's... podcast. <laughs> no, that's, um, which ones? I played Seven, which I really liked. Mm. And I played the one with the really annoying, bratty jock guy as the main character. Uh, was it Ten, I think? Uh, with the blonde, I'm going to guess Ten. The blondie guy who played Oh, the guy who does the annoying something. laugh that's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I got like four hours into that one and I kept having to do the same fight, watch the same animations over and over again. And I was like, no, done, not playing this. Oh, I, I have a funny, like, like I hated all of my time. I say hated. I, I was disappointed my whole time with Final Fantasy X playing through it. And then, but every time I look back and remember it, mm. I, I can only remember like how good a time I had with it, mm. like in hindsight. Uh, it really was a, a fantastic game that not many people gave credit at the time, but time has been very kind to it. Mm. I, I do have one other suggestion, which is the original Earthbound. Because Earthbound is weird as all hell. Well, like, I only got around to playing it, like, I think it was six months ago. And there are some really weird things, like occasionally, like, oh, this terrifying situation's happening, and you go over and inspect it, and, like, it comes up with a bubble that's like, oh, nothing's wrong here, everything is fine. But it's a surreal, weird game that I have a huge love for, and I want, oh, I'm one of those horrible people, I want more Earthbound. I want a new Earthbound. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, RPGs are are kind of my favourite genre, so there's so many of I have a soft spot for Oblivion as well, and The Witcher 2. I've got very good memories of Oblivion. Yeah. I mean, it was... Like, Oblivion's leveling system was broken, like, flat-out broken, like, painfully bad. Oh, yeah. But it was just such a lovely, fun thing to explore, and I felt like the quest lines in it were uh, a lot more interesting than the ones in Skyrim. Yeah. Oh, I've got one more question which was one that someone asked earlier and I can't find who they were now, so I'm really sorry that I haven't read your name out because I asked you in the first batch of questions then lost your question and stuff. But anyway, someone wanted to know, how are we feeling about the unexpected popularity of this show and has it had any impact on our careers so far? Um, I think it's great. <laughs> I like having a, lots of new audience. It's awesome. It's, Welcome. It's surreal. <laughs> It's weird. Is, is it still doing really well? How well are we doing? It's doing, like, it's averaging now around, and this is just SoundCloud listens. Yeah. It, I don't know if it includes iTunes listens or not, or any other sort of method of getting it. Mm. I, I think it counts direct download separate. Mm. Um, but just on the SoundCloud page, it, it is averaging, I think, around about the 30,000 
listeners an episode mark. Yeah. Um, which for a podcast of this level is mm-hmm. it's certainly better than it's better than any podcast I ever did um, anywhere else. You know, Destructoid mm. or, or I'll Apple tell you podcast. what. Do you know what's really nice about it for me personally? What um, mm. is that? You know, with with you guys, you show a little bit more of your personalities in your work itself. Mm. And I don't think that really comes through as much in my work because it's 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 a different medium. It's not about me; it's about the songs. So it's nice. Yeah. This is a lovely way for me to kind of get to uh, communicate a little part of of, of me to the audience. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, for me, it's so been it's a nice. really it's been a really weird surreal thing. Like it's fantastic, but I wasn't quite prepared for for this. Um, I think like a great example was when, when I was at Res this past week. I got recognized so many times at Res as, like, from my voice, I was talking to someone and I would get stopped and be like, oh, are you Laura from the Podquisition? Like, that is now where I'm known from, is, oh, you're yeah. Laura from the Podquisition. And that's a really, that, that's a weird thing. I have thing. to say, that is a weird one. I will agree with you yeah. on that. It's weird now when people refer to you, oh, um, and the first thing they refer to you as is Podquisition host. Like, yeah, what? that's that is a, a super <laughs> okay. weird thing. Like, it's not I, my day job, I but was, cool. Oh, yeah, it's like I was finding it hard to get from place to place at the convention because I kept getting stopped by people who were like, "Oh, you're Laura from the Podquisition." And I was like, "How the fuck mm. do you know what that is?" That yeah, that's always the weird one yeah. for me. Like like trying to get to an appointment oh, God, or yeah. something at an event oh. can be difficult. Oh, the the um, other one that was a weird thing was some people who I have looked up to for a long time. I saw them at Rezzed, and they were asking me, like, oh, oh, how's the podquisition going? When's the next episode going up? Turns out they're really big podquisition fans, and, like, up until a year ago, I really looked up to them. And now I'm like, wait, this isn't how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to look up to you. You're not supposed to look look up to me. Is it anyone we'd know? Saying fucking fart jokes. Uh, Probably, but I will tell you after the podcast. (laughs) Okay. Ah, uh, it's Peter Molyneux and David. Yeah, yeah. they're both big fans. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the show's going fantastically, and I, um, I mean, I'm blown away by, by just how wonderful everything's been. Like, as, like recently, um, some people were sarcastically asking me how Independence is going for me, um, and genuinely, very, very well. Uh, not just because you know, if if people do make fun of me, I can wipe my tears away on all of my money, uh, but <laughs> just. Like everything is bigger than I expected it to be. Um, the Jimquisition itself has grown. I expected to take a loss on views when I moved from the Escapist to my own channel, um, but I'm actually I, I I get fifty percent more listeners um, mm. viewers than I did. You, YouTube um, so that's, is YouTube. I find is a lot easier to spread that when you're than when you're on a third party website. It, it would seem mm. so. There is a. It's I I think. Outlets are good for an initial boost, but mm. there's always a glass ceiling you hit. Whereas on YouTube, yeah, that's expanded a lot more because yeah. just everyone's on it, so it's yeah. it's a lot. You've got a lot more potential growth, um, so that's good. I mean, the gymquisition.com, the website is doing fantastic. Um, I don't, I deliberately don't install traffic viewing stuff on it because I don't want to be obsessed with that. But the amount of comments they're getting and the general level of discourse, not counting everyone that, that b- were bust in from somewhere to whine about Ori and the Blind Forest. <laughs> um, the general level of discourse is incredible. Just just, just a, the yeah. most pleasant community yeah. I've ever seen so far as far as reviews go. Yeah. 
Um, and, and yeah, so everything's going. So, ba- so basically, thanks, listeners. You make our day. Yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this. Like I've had, I've had nothing but good feedback on this, apart from one mean thread in one mean Reddit forum one time about <laughs> something people thought I had said but hadn't actually said. Then there were a few mean comments saying, "Oh, he's that slow guy who does the the podquisition with Jim and Laura and always sounds a bit behind them." Ah. Oh God! Like I, I have to say thank you to everyone who listens to this rubbish because, like. <laughs> For some reason, Jim invited me onto this, and you did so at the time when, like, I was just launching Patreon, and suddenly it's like, oh, <laughs> a whole host of people know who I am and are willing to give me money. Okay, I'll take your money. That's fine. You can give me that. I won't say no. And that has meant that I can now be free to do all of the butt-related journalism I want, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, oh. Yeah. Uh, just before think- we finish up, there's an update on Dynamo. Um, <gasps> so, uh, a, a games journalist friend of mine is at the Game of Thrones premiere that's happening in London. Dynamo's fucking there. Dynamo's oh, are everything that he's not related to, so I Game have Game of Thrones him. premiere? What? It's out yes. already? What? Yeah, season five premiere is happening tonight in London. For some Holy shit. People. When is it coming out on telly? Uh, I don't know, but um, apparently Dynamo's there, so I've told him he needs to go record a video oh, asking damn, Dynamo man. who the fuck he is and why he's there. Because I want this to be a thing. I would love it. If you see Dynamo yeah. with anything anymore, like whoever you are, just record yourself asking, who the fuck are you and why the fuck are you here? I want that to be that a thing. That would be brilliant. Uh, are we done for this no, week? No, I think that's it. I think we're done. I think we're done. Uh, Laura, if people want to continue the Laura experience, how can they do well, that? If you want to continue the Laura experience and see me tweet about um, pulling confetti out of asses in virtual reality porn and all the other bollocks I do, you can go find me on Twitter at Laura K Buzz. You can find me on Patreon at Laura K Buzz. You can find all of my podcasts on iTunes at Laura K Buzz. You can find them by searching on Google Laura K Buzz. Are you getting the, the, the general idea? Go to Laura K Buzz on there all is the a fucking theme. things. Like, particularly the Patreon, because like, if every one of you gave me a fucking dollar... I could, I could buy my own moon butt. That's a promise. Every one of you gives true. me a dollar, I get $35,000, I'm going to buy a moon butt. I, I, I don't think there is more noble a Patreon tier yeah, than that's, moon that's butt. That's the so new Patreon let's make moon butt. moon butt, yeah. M- moon butt 2015, let's make it happen. $35,000 a month, <laughs> moon butt. And Gavin, some people may know you as the slow one on Podquisition. <laughs> But others know you as Miracle of Sound. Uh, how can they find out more about this? Durr. <laughs> Durr. Brilliant. Don't bother. Um, I suck. I'm crap. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Miracle of Sounds. You can look him up on Twitter. Same mm. name and YouTube. Same mm. name. Um, he does really good songs. They're really nice. I like them. I do. Uh, and the later, and the late ones recently have been getting the best response ever. So. Did you hear my fucking 12-minute uh, epic about planet Earth? Not not yet, but I'm looking forward to awesome. it. I like a long song. Yeah. It's pretty prog. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Reminds me of when ELO did 12 minutes and uh, what's it? That's Velvet Underground with their 17-minute sister ride. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Uh, Gotta love them long so, yeah, songs. Yeah, Looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, all of that's available. Uh, as always, we've already said thank you, but you can have another one on the house. Thank you for listening and continuing to support the show. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, do check out thegymquisition.com. There is a review of Battlefield Hardline up right now. And 
next week, um, ahead of launch, we should, fingers crossed, have you a lovely little Bloodborne review. Woo-hoo! So look forward to that. And look forward to other things as well that aren't this. Whatever you want. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, if Bloodborne's out, I think I'm gonna develop flu next Wednesday <laughs> evening. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't come to work. I'm really um, sick. Bloodborne takes precedence. We we, we understand. Um, so yeah. Until then, if you're not too busy playing Bloodborne to even listen, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.